You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here's your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Whether you are interested in becoming a copywriter or a business owner that may need to hire a copywriter in the future, you will love this interview with Abby. Her program, Successful Freelance Moms, supports working mothers and helps them grow profitable businesses. She also drops some great advice on productivity that I will start using today. Abby, I am really excited for our conversation today. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. (laughs) Okay, so first, just tell us about yourself. Oh my goodness. We have like four hours, right? (laughs) Oh, of course. Um, Yes. All the time. All the time. This is my favorite topic. Me, my hobbies, things (laughs) I like. Um, So yes, my name is Abby. I have five children ages 11 through 21. I've been married for 25 years and I live in Israel. So like those are the, like the big things. Oh, the other big thing is my middle son, who's 17, is developmentally disabled on the autism spectrum and had cancer and got better. And my youngest, who's the 11-year-old, was born with one ear. So I guess those are big things too. But like in our world, we've just learned to take them all in stride. Um, sure. <laughs> I've worked as a professional writer for more than, you know, like really since the first kid was, well, no, I had a job before that for like a year. And then for the past 21 plus years, I've worked as a freelance writer and I started Successful Freelance Mom in 2017. So that's me. Okay, so let's talk about successful freelance mom. So you support and encourage women and mothers to create profitable freelance businesses that fit into their busy lives. And I mean, if anybody can speak (laughs) about busy lives, it sounds like it's you. So if someone's listening and they're interested in starting a business, talk to us about kind of what the successful freelance mom works with them on, but also you know, they may not have any time. So where do they even start? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So time is a huge thing. So um, I'm actually a little bit narrower than just um, freelance businesses in general. I specifically teach starting a freelance writing business and because that's where my expertise is. And I tell everyone who comes to me, because there are a lot of younger moms who are, you know, starting this while they have babies and toddlers at home. But then we also get the older moms who you know, they've put a career on hold for years while they've been raising babies and doing the mom thing. And now they're like, you know, you look around, your youngest is like self-sufficient at this point. You know, they can make their own grilled cheese sandwiches. And you're like, huh, (laughs) now what about me? So time is a priority for all of us. It's the one thing we can't really buy more of, right? It's limited. And my belief is that you've got to be able to carve out seven to 10 hours in your week if you want to start and run a business, that's the absolute minimum. So that breaks down to a little more than an hour a day. You could also turn that into four hours on each weekend morning, something like that. You can you can break that time up, but if you can't carve out seven to 10 hours in your week where you are not the primary caregiver for any other humans or let's say living creatures, where you have that time to focus and dedicate to your own business, it's not going to work. And I, one of the first things that I do is I teach people how to 
conduct what I call a time makeover to really track your time for a full week and see where the hidden pockets are so that you can carve out that seven to 10 hours because it's so critical. Okay. So with those seven to 10 hours, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot that gets packed into that um, to be able to really feel like you're moving the needle and see that progress. So Mm -hmm. what are your suggestions to getting that work that you need to get done in that amount of time? You know, since it is so precious of of those pockets of time. So like, what are those suggestions and tips that you give? Sure. So one of the first things that I say is you have to be really careful what you put on your to-do list. Like if I would ever put on my to-do to-do list, like, you know, build website, I would look at that and I would cry, you know, write article, write What like, I would just cry. Like that's too much. That's a project. That's not a to-do list item. So in my mind, anything that goes on a to-do list should be something that I can do in a 25 minute block of time. So when I take my own lists, I look at the things that I have and I divide everything into one, two, or three 25-minute blocks of time. And if I have anything on my list that's bigger than that, then I have to break it down a little bit more. So instead of write article, it might be, you know, um, write intro paragraph of article or, you know, draft draft first half of article or something like that. I I really strive to to only put on my to-do list things that can be done in those 25-minute blocks of time. Because life, reality, now that everyone's at home all the time, you have more interruptions than you might have had in the past. And and that's just how life goes. And then what should those activities be? Well, like you said, it's all about moving the needle. So there are things like building websites and creating brand boards that really feel productive but they're not (laughs) like dangerous forms of procrastination. You could spend 47 hours on a brand board and I've seen people do this and that's not going to get you any clients or cash in the door. I am all about revenue generating activities. I am all about actually getting out there and talking to people, to your potential clients. So that could be like, you know, you meet somebody at church or at synagogue or wherever you go to worship and and you have a conversation with that person. And the person's like, yeah, and I started a business or I've had a business or whatever. Ask a couple of questions. Wow. Do you use any writers? Are you looking to have a website put together? Do you need any help getting in touch with your own potential clients? Like there's probably something that they need. Having conversations with people is the thing that's going to get you clients and cash in the door. I love this. <laughs> so I use an app called Focus Keeper when I feel like I'm really struggling and just kind of and have that list that's growing and just need to knock it out. And I think it blocks it into 20-minute increments um, okay. of, of just like, okay, focus for 20 minutes and get, get it done. Um, I'm really not sure, though. I could be wrong on that because I just push go and then right. I really try to focus. <laughs> so I don't really know. But I really like that because that means makes it so manageable. And I think that's the biggest piece of progress, procrastination, at least for me, that, that is a huge part when I look at something that is going to take longer than 20 minutes. And I think, well, I'll save that for later because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to finish that in this amount of time that I have. I, I mean, I'm assuming that's like a big hang up for a lot of people. 
I think it's, you know, it's, I'm not going to be able to finish it now. Also, it's really overwhelming and intimidating. And I don't know about you, but when I'm overwhelmed and intimidated, I freeze. I, I search out, you know, the, the peanut butter M&Ms. I pace my office and I tell myself, I'm thinking, no, I'm not. I'm procrastinating because I'm intimidated by that giant Mm -hmm. thing on my to-do list. So it's, uh, you've got to have something that's small, manageable, bite-size, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's, you've got to be able to handle the stuff on your to-do list. And so as a professional copywriter, I'm interested in your opinion or, or feedback on this. What are the biggest mistakes that you're seeing business owners in general making with their copywriting? Yeah, so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where okay. do you start? <laughs> Where do I start? Okay. So I run my business based on really, I'm going to say two core values. One is don't lie, which sounds fairly obvious, but you'd be surprised. (laughs) Uh Um, So don't lie means everything from uh, don't say a webinar is live if it's recorded. Don't say something is on sale for two days if it's always on sale. Like don't Mm -hmm. lie, period. Mm. And then the other piece of that is treat people the way you want to be treated. So like our little version of the golden rule, don't send an email you wouldn't want to receive. Don't write something on a sales page that you wouldn't want to see. Don't put something out there if you would be embarrassed to show it to your mom. Like, and and that line is going to be different for people. And that doesn't mean, I certainly don't mean to imply like you can't have a business that um, uses sexual imagery. I don't care what you do, right? Like if that's who you are, own that. But I mean, don't be sleazy and gross and yucky and scammy and a liar. <laughs> so oh my these gosh, are very I feel like we need this terms. on a billboard. Yes. <laughs> so I, that's, that's number one. So when we start from there, if we start with don't lie and treat people well, then, you know, you're already way, way ahead of a lot of people out there. And then remember who you're talking to. So you and I had a little conversation right before we started about knowing who you're talking to, knowing who your audience is. Mm -hmm. And, And that's so critical when you see people talking to, well, when you see people using a lot of what I call jargon, um, when they're using technical language that nobody's going to understand, or when they're being very formal in their writing because they think, well, this is business, so I must be formal. No. Remember that it's a person who's opening the email, who's reading that sales page, who's on your website. It's a person. And the person might've had a long day and might enjoy a little chuckle at something funny or just wants to understand what you're saying quickly and easily without having to think too hard. So you want to be super, super clear. You want things to be easy for people to read and understand. You don't want to be convoluting things and making them more complicated than they need to be. I'm all about simplicity in copywriting. Be straightforward and and really hone in on who your audience is and how you speak to them. Here's an example. I see a lot of people in the online business world in particular, they'll say, well, I have multiple kinds of people on my list. Awesome. Figure out the things that unite those people and figure out who is one person, like one actual human, you know, who represents all of those different people. Like we get really hung up on the idea of an ideal client avatar, right? And we like find pictures on Google images and we make like brand boards where we put our ideal client avatar and like she goes to Starbucks and she orders this coffee. Forget all of that for a few minutes. 
tear up your little Google image person and instead focus on an actual human who's actually bought your stuff, who needs you. And every time you sit down to write something, that's the person, like an actual real human. So now you don't say things like whether you're already earning six figures or you're just starting out, where is this person? Like, where is she in her journey and speak directly to her? So it's not about whether, what, how much money she's making. Maybe it's that she feels like she's working too many hours. So start there with that thing that unites those two very different people. When you feel like you're working too many hours, here are the symptoms and the pain points of that. And here's where you want to be. And here's how I'm going to help you get there. So if you focus like on, you know, the one person who really truly represents all of your people and, and focus on an actual human you've had conversations with, your, your writing is just going to be so much better. I love that. <laughs> and as someone that stands by avatars, I do really like the idea of thinking about it in that way. So I love that, Abby. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so when, if there's somebody listening that actually wants to hire a copywriter at some point, I feel like we need to break down any misconceptions out there about like what it looks like to work with a copywriter. Can you kind of explain the process of if there are any misconceptions, kind of breaking those down, but also what does it look like kind of from start to finish on a typical copywriting job? Sure. So I know that I teach a very specific process to my own students when they come in and, you know, they want to start these copywriting businesses. So the process that I teach, and this is, you know, what I think this process should look like, this should almost always start with um, a kickoff call with your client where you're recording this call. We do them, I recommend doing them on Zoom. You can see people, it's so nice, you know, have a little bit of connection. I know we're all Zoomed out at this point, but <laughs> I mean, we used Zoom before it was cool. So we're mm-hmm, cool, mm-hmm. we can get away with it. Um, so a Zoom call where you're recording and you've got, you know, a set list of questions that you're taking them through. So you're listening to a couple of things. One, you're certainly listening to them talk about their business and the problem that they solve and the unique way in which they solve that problem. Um, And I teach my students, you know, we've got lists of questions that we kind of go through so that we have all of the information necessary in order to do the writing afterwards. And then, um, but it's also listening to the way they talk about it, the specific words they use. Because if you hire a good copywriter, nobody should be able to tell that you hired a copywriter. Your copy should sound just like you. And it should sound, when you, the reaction that I'm looking for and that my students are looking for when we work with clients is, um, oh my God, yes, this is what I wanted to say and I couldn't figure out how to say it. Like it's, it should sound, you know, if, if the person has, everybody's got their verbal tics, right? So I have a client who says right here, right now, all the time. So we always make sure that that's in her emails. Uh, you know, there's little things that you say that make you sound like you and we want those to be in your copy. So that's where the recording comes in really handy. What I personally do after I have that whole session where I'm asking all those questions and listening to the words you use and how you talk about it and whatever, I play that back a couple of times while I'm you know, on a morning run or whatever to let that kind of flow into my brain and get into that voice before I sit down to write. A good copywriter and a good freelancer in general should keep you apprised of the process. You should know what's happening. You should know at the end of that first call, okay, here's what's going to happen next. I'm going to be working on this. I'm going to let you know if I have any questions, but you probably won't hear from me until Thursday when I deliver you whatever you've agreed on. For me, a deliverable is typically a Google Doc, right? Like I'm not 
in the back end of anybody's system. I'm not doing anything in that. I'm just, it's a Google Doc. You know, if you're lucky, I'll put you some gifts. And there we go. <laughs> so, and then at that point, when you deliver that copy, again, there should be some explanation of the process. Here's this document. You can go ahead and make any comments, things that, you know, oh, I wouldn't actually say this that way, or no, actually, you got this. Um, this these steps reversed, or you know, any kind of technical knowledge like that about your process and your thing. Um, go ahead and get that back to me within the next, whatever, three business days. And then I'm going to make the revisions and we'll sign off on this project. Um, just really, you want a copywriter who's going to guide you through that process, who's going to know how to lead you through it and ask you the right questions. It's one of the things that I, I have, I get clients who are nervous. It's, it's hard to outsource your copy. It's your, it's your voice. And um, so I, I like to be able to really guide them through that process and make them feel comfortable the whole time. I liked how you explained it as a good copywriter should not be detected in, in the copy. <laughs> and I, I really like that. And I think that's an important piece for business owners to really remember uh, when they are looking for a copywriter and even thinking about the process, really wanting to download those uh, ticks and that language that mm -hmm. you use to your copywriter so that they can then take it and run with it um, to create that seamless um, voice. So yeah. I really like that. Awesome. Abby, when you think about your entrepreneurial journey and you've, you've had what you said, 20 years, mm -hmm. what has been your most enjoyable part of being an entrepreneur? I mean, like the basic things like that I can wear fleece pajama pants if I want to. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Like that's, that was a critical the, driver. That's in the number five. Yeah. That's top five. <laughs> right. yeah. I really do. I feel like back in the day, like that was a critical drive. Like I just had a baby and I was like, I'm not going to put on pants with buttons. Oh, like, Lord, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I mean, because I am a mom of five and because I have kids with special needs, um, it's been really important for me to be able to be present for my family while still contributing significantly to our household income. Now, I will say also that I'm mean, for like the first 15 years of my journey, I did not think of myself really as a business owner or an entrepreneur. I was a straight up freelance writer. Um, when uh, when my when my son had cancer, I stopped working completely. And then after he was better, that's when I restarted things. And I started Successful Freelance Mom really as a way to help other mothers who needed that freedom in their lives uh, to care for kids with cancer, kids with special needs, all kids um, with flexibility so that they don't have to choose between kids and career. Mm -hmm. And, and that's been incredibly empowering. Like the, since 2017, building this business and really seeing I mean, it's, it sounds cheesy, but really when you get email from people saying, oh my God, you changed my life. Like I was able to leave an abusive marriage. I was able to quit a toxic job. I'm able to go on the field trip with my kid. Like that's amazing. Like that's just, that's mind blowing to me. So that's been, it's been really cool. Like I live in Israel and I have students who, who like track down my address and mail me stuff from America because Aww. they love me. And, and that's like, it, it makes me so happy. I'm like, I love my students. I love my community. I love what I do. I get to wake up in the morning and do a thing that I, first of all, I can wake up whenever the heck I want. And, and then I get to do a thing that I love. Like, 
I pinch myself on a daily basis. Like, is this really happening? Did I really build this thing? It's kind of amazing. So yeah, I love it all. I'm really happy. (laughs) So if you were to flip that question on its head, what's Mm -hmm. been the most challenging? Yeah, it's definitely not without challenges. It's, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of things that don't go the way you expect them to. Like, I don't know, 2020. January of 2020, I wanted to launch a program. And I did launch a program, except it completely flopped. Like not one single person bought the thing. And I was like, huh, that kind of sucks. And and I had all these plans for 2020. Like I'm going to make $300,000. And I remember thinking in February, well, that's not going to happen. And then March came and I was like, well, now it's definitely not going to happen. But I talked to another entrepreneur friend of mine and she said to me, oh, Abby, we can still do all the things we want to do. It's just that the path is going to look completely different. And she was 100% right because, you know, just refocusing and and remembering, okay, you know, not everything is going to be a hit right out of the gate. Like we pick ourselves up and we keep going. And I did, I turned that year around and it was like the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. So I love when those things don't always go the way we thought they would, but then it turns out better than we expected. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I mean, look, it is, it's challenging well, there are a couple of things that are really challenging right now. One, I think it's a big thing when you start making more money than your husband. I think that my husband's awesome and we've been married and we've been through all the hard stuff, right? Like we've been through some real hard stuff and we've moved internationally and, you know, we've gone through teenagers and special needs and cancer and all of the things. And he's amazing. And it's still like, there's, you know, and he's like, no, I think this is totally cool. I love that you're, you know, doing this because there are days when he wants to leave his job behind, but there's still conversations that have to happen. There's still a dynamic that shifts a little bit. There's still stuff that's going on in his brain. And cause he's a man, he's not great at sharing it. Um, so there are definitely challenges along the way, but I think that everything comes with challenges and you can't appreciate the good moments without the challenges. So and I think that's what makes you a great leader of, of other women that are following in your footsteps because you have experienced those hard times. You are able to share them, share your wisdom, and really be that guiding light for them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's. I, I tell my students a lot, um, and in general, like if you're working with a coach who says, "Well, you know, I've never made a mistake," run really far in the other because <laughs> I don't know anyone who's never made a mistake. Plus, if they've never made mistakes, then they don't know how to fix things and come back from them, and that's that's not going to help you. So, Abby, how do you like to be selfish? Oh, so many ways. So. A small thing that I do is I get my nails done um, Mm -hmm. every, you know, every two weeks or so. Um, I have acrylic nails with gel polish on them. And that's the thing that I started again after when you go, I don't recommend going through your child having cancer. Definitely zero out of 10 do not recommend. However, it does cause a lot of life changes. You do assess what's important and evaluate what really matters. And for me, a thing that came out of that was I got rid of like all the black in my wardrobe. I brought color into my life. I started getting my nails done. Um, So little things like that. But I also, I'm not embarrassed or hesitant about making time for myself and prioritizing myself. If I'm tired, I go to bed. And if that means 
I mean, you know, we're not going out very much at all in the last year, but even before 2020, I was like, no, I don't go to places at 830 at night. I go to bed, you know, um, <laughs> like I need to eat every couple of hours um, or I get really cranky. And I know that about myself. So there was one time my husband and I were redoing a bathroom in our house and we went with our designer to pick out tile and bathtubs and whatever. And we'd been there for about two and a half hours. And I said to them both, I need to eat now. I can't do this anymore until we eat. And they were like, okay. And we stopped and we left the store. We went across the street to a cafe and we got some (laughs) coffee and, you know, a sandwich or whatever. And, and then I could go back and resume, but I'm not like, I'm, and I think part of that comes with age. I'm, I'm 45 now. So I think like part of that comes with, I'm just not afraid to say those things anymore. Like I'm hungry. And if you don't feed me, I'm just going to be nasty. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what it is. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Yeah, but it's like, I, I would be doing it if if the world were a little bit better right now. So like, I want to travel more. I want to do more, more taking more me time. Like now I have the money and the time to do it and the airports are shut. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I feel good about the things I'm doing. I do have plans to do more like quarterly hotel retreats and things like that with myself, like just to be on my own because when you're a mom of five, there, there's, there's a lot of people who want a piece of you and who like touch you all the time. Right. And I love them, but I also love to love them from afar sometimes. So I want a little bit more of that in my life. And I look forward to being able to do that safely. What is next for Abby? Mm, Yeah. Well, 2021 is the year my business is going to make a million dollars. We are scaling my signature program, which is writing for money, which teaches moms, um, women, mostly moms, how to, uh, how to start and grow a successful freelance writing business. Once that is scaled properly with where we have three amazing coaches inside of the program at this point. And so once, once that's all up and running smoothly and doesn't need my guidance and handholding on a daily basis, um, there's where we're looking to scale. I have an email sequence workshop program that we want to, we want to do the same thing with. Um, but I, this is really a year for focus and an intense work. And so I want to be growing one thing at a time so that I can give it the proper attention, but just more of the same bigger serving more women from all over the world and changing more lives. Congratulations, Abby. Like I have just <laughs> loved our conversation and I am so impressed with the work that you're doing, and I really appreciate you just sharing some insight with us today because I can really see where this would be valuable pieces to really get started, whether you're in your entrepreneurial journey yourself or whether you're thinking about it. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.